1: FM ESPN, it's The Six with Harold Grader and Brad Carson here. Harold is the Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, coming very soon. We are T-minus two months away here, less than two months, from December 28th at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and you got a lot of good candidates, it seems like, at this point, Harold, for that game.
0: We do. You know, it's been a great season, wild season on both sides of our matchup, the SEC Big 12. We thought maybe this past weekend would maybe thin the herd a little the herd, bit. right. I don't think that happened. I maybe don't either. Maybe just a touch, yep. but not like going into November mm-hmm. it normally does, which I think speaks to the nature of the entire season of college football this year.
1: It's unpredictable. I'm going to start at the top with Tennessee, yeah. who took care of business and sets up a really nice 1-2 matchup. I know they're tied in the polls, which is sort of unique. Ohio State got a lot of you know first, second place votes. But um, UGA looks great. Tennessee looks great. We're going to have the game at 2.30 on Saturday here on 92.9. I have convinced myself that Tennessee can win this football game. Where are you at on it?
0: I think it all comes down to the Georgia defense. Yep. And a solid performance from the quarterback, Bennett. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett the third. No one has slowed down or stopped this Tennessee offense. That's right. Now folks are kind of drawing correlations from – of this Tennessee team back to the 19 LSU team. And there are a lot of similarities there. Uh, the way the seasons have gone, the, the the makeup of the teams. Yep. I think UT has a legit shot at winning this game. Do they? I think ultimately Georgia on the home field finds a way to pull it out. But let me tell you, Tennessee is aggressive on offense. Yep. And now With an improved defense, the defense has become even more aggressive. Right. And it's lay your ears back and go after it. I think this is going to be one of the great college games of the year. If Tennessee wins, I'm not going to be surprised, but I think Georgia, just because it's Georgia on the home field, Mm -hmm. figures out a way to come away with a win.
1: Even if you perform half as well as you did against Kentucky, and let's presume that Kentucky's defense is pretty good, that was why I started saying to myself, "Okay, Georgia's obviously got a great defense. It's not last year's defense, though. Number one, number two, you know, they did look what they did to Kentucky, look what they did to Mississippi, look what Kentucky yeah. did to Mississippi State. So you start, and I, I don't think it's probably the right idea, and especially the way that te- Texas A&M has played. You know, all of these teams have sort of been up and down, except for Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia." Yep. All of them. The top three teams we're talking That's about. That's it. That's it. Because South yeah. Carolina goes out and loses this weekend. Um, so I do think those those are the three top teams in the SEC. Would you agree with that? No, d- no yeah. doubt. Yeah, those no are doubt. the top three. It is Harold Grater with us here on 929, the six o'clock show. And then let's go to uh AM. Uh AM lost another one. I mean, I, I hate to bring up Jimbo again, but here we go. They're on a skid. Ole Miss took care of business down there, probably a little closer than Ole Miss would have liked. Um they injured the injured quarterback there at the yeah. end. They started the freshman. There's a lot of problems at AM. I'm not saying he won't make it to 2023, but the L's keep stacking, it seems yeah. like, for Jimbo. Is this something that is going to continue for that team? It looks like there's certainly is. This friend. is what you are.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. It's it's what they are. Right. And, and that's not good yeah. right now. I, I think they stick with Jimbo for another year. And I go back to a comment that I have made numerous times. I just go back to conversations. Now whether all of this has changed the narrative down there, but before the season, in the spring and the summer, when I was around AM people, yeah, the conversation was we're recruiting really well. We're we think we're gonna be good this year, but we're really looking to twenty-three. Now, can Jimbo survive twenty-two to get to twenty-three? I think I, that's it. I'm gonna say yes, but I think they're going to come to him and say, look,
1: you have got to overhaul <laughs> right, yeah. something. Yeah, Maybe Staff, it's an offensive coordinator, a change of play caller, whatever. You got Florida this weekend, though. And that that's why I brought it up because it's like, you know, Florida's not going to be a cakewalk. No. You know? No, and, and Florida
0: has been an up-and-down team. Same as South but, Carolina. But, yeah. but you expect that yep. with a first-year coach who's trying to mm-hmm. hit the reset button down there in Gainesville. I would, you know <laughs> – with everything I just said, Brad, yeah, yeah. if A and M loses to Florida and it's five in a row. It's tough. It's tough. You know, then first you, year coach. Then you gotta really have some tough conversations. These conversations and, and, and does Jimbo then does he get to twenty three? I think maybe it's he doesn't. Maybe the next ahead. guy yeah. has the opportunity to take advantage of, of this recruiting class. I don't know. The it, it's not good. They have tons of money. That is not an issue <laughs> down there. It all comes down to wins and losses and again I always try to rat this in the context of yeah. what's coming down the road. And what's coming down the road in the SEC is the Texas Longhorns. Yep. The vaunted, hated rival of A&M. And they've got to be thinking long term, hey, we got to get this right now. Because we know what's coming yep. probably in a year or two. And there's and no question about and, it. And that's Texas and Oklahoma into
1: the SEC. Well, that's why I think this is week to week. Because, you know, you feel like, okay, we can get through the year, and then you lose to Florida. We'll, yeah. we'll see this weekend, yeah. A&M and Florida. Uh, it's Harold Grader from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And uh, we're going to celebrate a big monument here for the uh, the Liberty Bowl coming up tomorrow night at the Hilton Memphis Hotel, the 40th anniversary of Coach Paul Bear Bryant's final game in 1982 at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and and you guys are celebrating this with the Touchdown Club. Former Alabama quarterback Walter Lewis is going to be the guest speaker tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. Obviously, over the 64-year history of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, a lot of great moments, a lot of great games, but still, 40 years later, there is no bigger game in our history than Coach Bryant's last game. And, I don't think there's a doubt. And Brad, it was the kind of the story behind that. Mm-hmm. It was a, just an average year for Alabama. They were supposed to be going, I think, to a to another bowl game. Mm-hmm. But once Coach Bryant made the decision, hey, I'm going to retire, and he and Bud Dudley, the founder and then executive director of the bowl game, were such close friends. As the story goes, wow. Coach Bryant calls Bud, hey, Bud, I've decided to retire. I want to make Memphis and the Liberty Bowl my last game. Let's wow. do it. And Walter Lewis was the quarterback for Alabama that year. He has great stories to tell, and of course, Walter also went on to play for the Memphis Showboats in the USFL. Yep. We'll touch on that. But the the bulk of the night and the focus of the night is going to be the 40th anniversary and the remembrance of that game mm-hmm. and, and what it meant for the bowl game, what it meant for the city, what it meant for Alabama. Because uh, obviously, uh, not only then did Coach Bryant coach his last game, that within the you know within the next month he passed away. So yeah. that was literally the end of an era for Alabama and uh, that really didn't come back
1: around until Nick Saban arrived on campus it really didn't they they were kind of in the abyss there for a number of years but fans still remembered that game and I think my boss Dan has it on his wall I mean so many people were at the game remember the game they have plaques from that AutoZone Liberty Bowl game with Bama just an iconic one um, I'll touch on it before we get out of here at the end because I want to talk more about what the Touchdown Club is doing in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Let's talk about Alabama. LSU-Alabama is the is the game coming up this weekend, Harold. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, I would have told you this is not going to be close. It feels like it could be a close game. I think Bama wins the game, but it does feel like LSU's improved. Quarterback looks good. They've had some big wins at home against both Mississippi teams. Um could give Bama a run for their money. The the line on this game, you know, just under a couple of touchdowns though. Bama is the favorite. Seems like it's an Alabama game. What are your thoughts on the on the Alabama LSU game? I can see Alabama being the favorite
0: in this game, mm-hmm.
1: but LSU
0: they have gotten better week by week by week as Brian Kelly has built this team, this program. Obviously, uh, the quarterback Daniels has been a real difference maker for LSU. They've won two in a row, so they've got some momentum. Alabama on the road has not been the best this year. Uh, there have been uh, some shaky moments uh, for the Crimson Tide. So this is going to be a tussle. Yeah. And much like, much like the, the Tennessee-Georgia game, you know, I expect Alabama to figure out a way to win this. But if LSU were to, to pull, quote-unquote, the upset at home, I wouldn't Wouldn't be be the biggest surprise. No, I wouldn't be
1: totally surprised by that. I think that's fair. Harold Grader's with us on 92.9 to Mississippi State-Auburn this weekend. Yeah, And the story before the game is obviously what could be an impending change within the next week where the Mississippi State Athletic Director, John Cohen, goes to Auburn. And now this is a report from Pete Thamel, which kicks it all off. There's Mississippi and um, Alabama reporters who have said that this is essentially a done deal. It hasn't been official at Mississippi State. But it makes for an uncomfortable scene when Mississippi State, favored by 12-and-a-half, hosts uh, Auburn, who's been struggling. Obviously, it looks like they could be making a coaching change at the end of the year. There's a lot to break down here. First of all, as a Mississippi State fan, the fact that John Cohen it could be going to Auburn. You know, I think John, he, Cohen's done a good job at, at Mississippi State. Not a great job, not a bad job, okay job. Um, what do you think of the fit if he were to go to Auburn? I think John fits the Auburn mold. Yeah. Uh,
0: John, as you said, has done a, a solid job uh, at Mississippi State. And I was at Auburn on Saturday to see oh boy. them play Arkansas. <laughs> and once this hit social media on yeah. Saturday in the pregame, uh-huh. that was the buzz. And... Mm. It just kind of elevated the whole conversation about Brian Harson's future right. Uh, the dynamic of Mississippi State playing Auburn this week yep. is a weird dynamic in, in the whole mix of all of this mm-hmm. um you know Auburn the culture down there uh is different. Uh, and I think it seems as if Auburn is trying to break the Auburn. Mm-hmm. the mold the mold right so to speak yeah what people think of them mm-hmm. or think of how they operate down there which seems sure. to be a little uh, it's not a good perception yeah times. it's
1: not a great perception they've worked without an athletic director in interim all this fall as brian harson has struggled so it, the struggling football department doesn't help
0: but if it it looks like john cohen yeah. is going to be it looks the like guy. that's the way they're and, going and, with and it and he he is a a steady hand on the wheel, I would say. That's that's fair, and I think that's what Auburn needs. Yeah. And then obviously it's going to be his call uh, to make a decision on. And Brian Harson. Yeah, you get to yeah. hire the football coach, and and you look at John's hires at Mississippi State. You mm-hmm. kind of go, mm, okay, mixed
1: bag, mixed bag, but okay. Yeah. You know, not great. Not you know, you hired a a baseball coach that won a national championship. But but I think from from a little bit. Uh, bigger picture
0: perspective, Brad, on this hire mm-hmm. is they're hiring within the league. Right. John knows what it takes to be successful in the SEC. Obviously, the focal point, it's the be all end all is football, but it's also yep. the other programs involved. So you're bringing a guy in who has a similar cultural background yeah. as Auburn, has been in the league, knows the league knows what it takes to be successful. And as one Auburn person uh, said to me Saturday when this got out, you know, you get the right hire with the football coach and this place explodes. This place is just sitting on the edge of getting the right coach to just make football a huge success. But you know. So having said that, though the reality is <laughs> yeah. you got you still got to go compete, with, compete mm-hmm. with the guys in Tuscaloosa, yeah. and then from a conference perspective, not only is has Georgia been there, won a national championship. Yeah. Now you got Tennessee that has exploded on the <sighs> scene. So the the competition is tough. You've got Texas and OU coming in a couple of years. <laughs> So it, it is it is hand to hand. It's a hard job. It's a hard job. A hard it job. is hand to hand
1: where do you go if you're Mississippi them? State? I, I I don't we don't need to say a name because that's not where I'm going with it, but I I was thinking about this last night as I was preparing yeah. for this. You know, if you're Mississippi State, is you hire somebody like a uh you know, te- Tennessee hired Danny White from UCF. Yeah. That was obviously a great hire and seems to be working out great because he nails the football coach. He knew the football coach he was hiring. Yeah. Um you know, Mississippi State's doing okay in athletics. They got a baseball championship, football teams kind of in the middle somewhere, doing okay, not awesome, not terrible. So, do you go get a Danny White type? Where do you go if you're Mississippi State?
0: That's an interesting question and one that uh, Dr. Keenum I'm sure is has been yeah. mulling over uh for oh, for, knowing a, him, for, for uh, a few days. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm not sure how deep the bench is yeah. there at Mississippi State. I know there are a couple of individuals on that leadership team that are solid? Yep. Are they ready to be SEC athletic directors? Brett, I would say no, going back to what I just said I about, think that's fair. about Auburn and, and John. Yeah. They, they, they're they hiring with a sitting athletic director within the league. Now, I don't think there is a sitting athletic director within the SEC that's going to come to Mississippi State I agree with that. from another school. No. However, I do think there are sitting athletic directors who are familiar with the SEC Familiar with Mississippi State, who would love the opportunity mm-hmm. to get in that chair well, and sit at the AD's position in the Southeastern Conference.
1: The most recent hire that I can think of is Deborah Reed Francois moved from UNLV to Missouri. I, I actually, this is no disrespect to Deborah, uh, I, I I was skeptical of that hire, um, and I think the jury is still out because they're probably going to have a football coaching change as well. Perhaps. So she's going to get to hire a football coach, and we'll see how that goes. This is an inexact science, though, and I guess this is why they make the big bucks, Harold, at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: and and one name just to throw out there, don't know if he's going to be a candidate once this job comes open, is John Hartwell. Okay, spent some time at Ole Miss. He's the AD at Utah State, and the only reason I bring his name up now is because his name was mentioned for the Auburn job.
1: He's good. I'm familiar with Utah State. They've had some recent success, football and all sports. Yeah, it makes sense. So here, we'll see. Yeah, it, it's it's all fun. It's like the soap opera of the SEC. We're talking to uh, Harold Grader, who will have an SEC team here at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in just uh, less than a couple of months. Real quick before I let you go, two things I want to talk about TCU and the Big 12, but first yeah. Memphis and UCF. I yep. want to bring that one up. UCF, a 25-21 upset of Cincinnati moving the Knights into the top 25. They're at 25 in the Associated Press poll both of those teams look pretty good in the game I saw, UCF and Cincinnati. UCF, is a, the last I looked, they're a 5.5-point favorite um, against Memphis this weekend. And a win for Memphis, I'll focus on the positive. Yeah. A win for Memphis really could do a lot for, for not only for the program, but for Ryan Silverfield, who's been going through it for the last couple of weeks.
0: Indeed. And I think this is an important game not only to win and turn the narrative, I think this is a real opportunity for Ryan – to show his leadership, yep, his vision for the program, and I say that, Brad, in the context, okay, you've had the open week, you know there are problems, and we were with Ryan earlier last week at the Touchdown Club, and we touched on some sure. of these in the Q and A session we had, mm-hmm. but but taking all of that, in response to your question, he's got to show that he is able to fix things, that he's able to yeah. see a problem, come up with a solution implement that that plan Make it happen. and right and win with it yep. if it's more of the same old same old and I'm going to point directly to the special teams that has been a bugaboo the last couple yeah. of games that has cost them a couple of wins if he hasn't fixed that with his coordinator and that unit i think it's going to be a missed opportunity and will bode unfavorably well for them yeah. Um, you, you look at the Tigers' remaining schedule. They're sitting there at four and four going into this game. They they have a streak. I think it's eight consecutive bowl appearances. Yep. Trying to make it nine. Got to win two. And when you look at the remaining schedule, this week against UCF, Tulsa, North Alabama, who I think just fired their mm-hmm. coach. Yeah. Those three games at home, and you end the season at SMU. And out of those, what five games? Yeah. Four games. The only team on the remaining schedule that has a winning record is UCF. Wow. So don't know what's going to happen Saturday. Tigers need to grab the W to break the trend. And then it's sitting there for them to win six, maybe seven games, get to the bowl, the postseason, mm-hmm. get to a bowl game. And you would think it's there that, for that, you. That Ryan, yeah. that it is, yeah. there it is there for, there for Ryan you. to yeah.
1: no, you know, that, reset the narrative and continue to be the Tigers' head coach. I think there's two things you said there that we can both agree on. One, the schedule plays in your favor. You've got opportunities. Yes. Two, I think we can easily say you've got the parts to do this. And we saw it against Tulane. If you don't have the special teams errors in the first half, you win the game. You get a tremendous second half. You, you know, the blown lead at East Carolina. East Carolina's a good football team, and you're playing on their – I mean, you yeah. almost got that done. So it's like it's very doable for you. I really hope he gets it done. I There's nothing I would rather see – and then beat UCF this weekend, honestly. It would be awesome. So, he needs it. Yeah, I know Tigers they need, need it. it. They, they do, they do. So, Harold Grader's with us. A couple more questions, and then I'll touch on the 40th anniversary event for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. TCU, we've talked a lot about TCU, and we're talking about the Big 12. Uh, an undefeated TCU team, right? I mean, they, Undefeated. No eight, else. 8 and no. So, McAfee brought this up on game day Saturday, and they all sort of scoffed at him. I think it's a legitimate question. Is there a scenario, because you've got Clemson and Bama who look strong, Bama with an L, Clemson with no losses, and TCU sitting there. You've got two Big Ten teams and a number 1 Georgia team. We're going to learn more about Tennessee. They could be the fourth team in the mix for the playoff. I bring all that up to say if you get an undefeated TCU team, where do they land? I mean, obviously the strength of schedule in the Big 12 isn't what some of these other teams are, but do they get left out? I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, you,
0: you look at the schedule and the and who they've played. I don't think that stacks up to the others in that comparison. Yep. Uh, TCU sitting there eight zero right now. Their remaining schedule is Texas Tech should be a win. Yep. Then you're on the road back to back weeks at Texas at Baylor. Neither one of those is going to be easy. Then you finish the year at home against Iowa State. Yeah. Uh, love Matt Campbell. They're really struggling. Have it won a game in conference this year. So you look at the four remaining and TCU very easily could, they could win all four. Yeah, They could split those four. They could win the two at home, lose the two on the road. And then then you're told you're done. You're You're done. You're out of this conversation. Um, But if they were to run the table and then win the the championship, I still think they get left out. I do too. But that's a tough one. (laughs) If they were to run the Stuff. table and win the the Big Twelve championship, yeah. they're sitting there at thirteen and zero, and they're not going to be one of the top four. Maybe <sighs> maybe Alabama gets pushed out. Maybe, I. But does but does Alabama figure out a way to get win the division, get to the championship yeah. game? And win the SEC championship. The, the
1: good news for the Big Twelve, they're, then and for, they're not going to get. Lucky. No, the good news for the Big Twelve and for TCU, if in this scenario if they run the table, is I think that the Big Ten is going to knock itself out in yeah. some sense. I mean, we almost. Yeah. I was surprised though that Penn State just kind of whiffed this weekend against Ohio State and, and played poorly. So we'll get to see up there in the Big Ten as well. Harold, it's always a fun time talking. Uh, Tomorrow night, the Memphis Touchdown Club will meet 530 Hilton Memphis over there on Ridge Lake Boulevard, as we talked about earlier, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Coach Paul Bear Bryant's final game. We have a lot of Alabama fans around here. 1982, it was the AutoZone Liberty Bowl right here in Memphis for his final uh, bowl game there. Former Alabama quarterback Walter Lewis will be the guest speaker, and I've never heard Walter uh, speak, but uh, I imagine there will be a lot of SEC fans and Bama fans in there. We
0: certainly hope so, and Walter has a lot of great stories around what led up to that game, what happened during the game, and what happened after that game, and his relationship with Coach Bryant, because there there was a moment in that game that... Little they, they, they a little tension there. A little tension. And after the fact, and obviously, we hope you'll come and, 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 yeah. and hear He'll tell the, tell the story. Yeah. But it was a touching moment after the game uh, when he and Coach Bryant got together about that moment. So I won't go any further That's than fine. that. That's a good setup um, for it. But yeah. Walter's great. Yeah. Again, ties to Memphis, having played for the Showboats, played his... Played in that eighty-two, uh, the fabled eighty-two uh, Liberty Bowl game. So we're looking forward to it. Going to honor a special young high school player tomorrow good. night. The quarterback at at Bartlett, uh, Braylon Ragland. Oh yeah, he's and,
1: going to South. Al- uh, is he going to South Alabama? I think or Georgia Georgia State. State. I think he is committed okay, to. Okay.
0: maybe getting some other looks. He's
1: really good. I've seen him play. Um, he's very good. Good player.
0: And interesting that ties in And it and this was not planned because yeah. I did not know the coach at, at uh, Bartlett until I started delving yeah. into this. They've had a great and had, season. And had picked his player. Lance Tucker, the coach at Bartlett, is a former college quarterback from the University of Alabama. Alabama. So they're all going to be there tomorrow night. It's and, perfect. And again, well, those were those were decisions made separate and yeah. apart from one another. I you did, did, not did that know on Lance. purpose.
1: Come yeah. on. Maybe grease the wheel a little bit there. Braylon is a terrific player. Yeah. I saw him play against Lausanne and, and he's the real deal. So Georgia Southern's getting a good player. I'm glad you guys are honoring him. It'll be a great event at the Touchdown Club tomorrow night. And as always, Harold, we look forward to it. AutoZone Liberty Bowl, December 28th.
0: Indeed, 430 SEC Big 12. You can call the world headquarters of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in beautiful downtown East Memphis, 795-7700. We have operators not only standing by, but they're sitting by as well. Excellent. To take your order to get your great tickets to this year's AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Harold, we'll talk to you next week. We're looking forward to it